podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Hope everybody has had a good July. So far, we are quickly moving into um, the meat of the college football preseason because SEC Media Days are right on the horizon. Auburn's day with Brian Harson obviously leading the charge and the two player representatives are going to be quarterback Bo Nix and linebacker Owen Papo. Their day in Hoover after the event obviously didn't happen last year. We're back in Hoover Um, Auburn is going to have its day on Thursday, but things are getting rolling on Monday. As you're listening to this, probably on Monday, things are already getting going um, in the circus that is SEC media days. And so I thought a fun episode to kick off this week and look forward to media days. I I still like media days a lot. I'm now I'm very young and haven't been scarred by it yet, but um, I mean, I I still enjoy it. It hasn't really lost its luster for me yet, but I kind of thought, you know, a fun idea to kick off the week and and look ahead to media days would be to get a bunch of people on who have done it before and are in similar situations and have seen Auburn through the years at the event um, to talk about it. Because I know, you know, a lot of fans haven't been before. um, And some people, I guess, don't know what really goes into it. And the craziness again, it's just a whole circus. It's, it's pretty wild once you get there. Um, But, you know, understanding what goes into it and what a day of being at the event might actually look like. And so um, I, I, Pitched it to everybody the same way. I don't I think we got seven or eight people that um, agreed to come on the podcast and talk about it. all people who um, cover Auburn or have covered Auburn in the past. Talk about their favorite memory. That's all I said. So pick your favorite memory. Um, some people decided to kind of go a little bit more into how the event has changed over the years and just their overall impressions and opinions of the event and how it's run and the craziness and, you know, what's dumb about it, what's fun about it. Um, but a lot of people had some pretty funny stories to tell that some of which involve Auburn, some don't. And so, and then and at the end, I'll, uh, I'll give my input on it as well. And my, my favorite memory from the event, I've only gone to three of them, but it, there's been some pretty eventful, funny stuff that's happened so far. So yeah, I just thought we'd kick off the week with a fun episode and look ahead to media days again on Thursday is when Brian Harson and the Tigers are going to be taking the stage. And so We'll get into it now. Again, we got a big lineup of guests. I'll introduce everybody as we go along, but hopefully it's an enjoyable show for y'all to kind of take a trip down memory lane as we talk about some coaches and players from uh, from years past and some funny moments that they were involved in. So we'll get to our first guest right now. Okay, and so the next guest on is Mr. Mark Murphy from Inside the Auburn Tigers. Mark, you just told me You've been to every single media days, SEC media days. That's pretty crazy. You've probably got a lot of good stuff to choose from. Um, so hit me. What's your what what memory sticks out to you or, or multiple memories? You know, it used to be a lot more of a social event. You would spend time, um, you know, talking with coaches in non-formal settings and even players. First year, 1985, was at the uh, Holiday Inn in downtown Birmingham at their medical forum and uh, didn't have players there until 1989 and started bringing two players then. And I think it got better then and, and attracted more attention. And uh, there used to be a lot of fun outings involved with it. There was a real competitive golf tournament. And, uh, you know, in the early years, a lot of the head coaches would go out there and play with us. And uh, you know, they wanted to win. And if you had one of those coaches on your team, you better go out and play well for them. And, uh so it was a lot of fun. Had a tennis tournament in the early years, and 
you know, the last couple of years, it's been, you know, more corporate, more business, more making sure uh, the SEC television network has some uh, good video and good sound bites. So you said a while ago that you just barely missed the Skywriters tour, right? Can you explain explain what that is to everybody listening? Because when I first found out that this used to be a thing, my my mind was just completely blown. Yeah, they would fly around to every school in the SEC on a charter plane of uh, a vintage one, to say the least. I was a little nervous flying those things. And they'd be flying into some really small airfields, like places like Oxford, Mississippi. And, uh, you know, at that time, Mississippi State, I think they had a pretty small airfield there too. Same with Auburn. So, you know, teams, the riders would go in and uh, sometimes they'd do two colleges in one day. They sometimes go out and actually watch practice and uh, interview players there on the spot, interview coaches. And, uh, and it was sort of a, you know, one of those whirlwind tours like seeing Europe in 17 days, <laughs> see the SEC in about a week. So uh, I heard it was, uh, it was, it was pretty wild. And uh, I was kind of young at that time and I figured it might be going on for years to come. And so you know, maybe I should have gone out and done it at least once. Maybe they'll bring it back one of these days. Maybe we'll all hop on a bird and be able to go do that. So was it was it in the summer or was it, you said it was like closer to yeah, practice, was, right? Yeah, it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was in August. Gotcha. After, uh, teams were in preseason practices. Uh, because back then, you know, they didn't start playing college football games in August started practice in August and because uh, the games were a little bit later in September normally. So uh, it was, uh, you know, I really, I've enjoyed going to the media days, uh, you know, learned a lot. Uh, the uh, been several different venues, but almost always in either Birmingham or Hoover, they had one in Atlanta a couple of years ago. And it wasn't very well uh, set up for that at the college football hall of fame. And, they might come back there, but uh, it wasn't one of the best media days, in my opinion. But, uh, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, fans enjoy that. To me, it's like the official kickoff of the uh, college football season in the South. Yeah, it's a real bummer that fans won't be allowed in the building this year. But, yeah, I'm the same way. I think it's really cool. I mean, I've only done, I think, three of them, so it hasn't really lost its luster for me yet. But so what, what has been your favorite interaction with, did you get into it with a coach? Did a player do something funny? What, what's, what's something that stands out to you that you still remember to this day? You know, so the funniest thing to me is like sports writers for many years are complaining about how cold it was in the main media room in there. I don't know why they kept it down. I think it was because the television equipment in there, they needed to keep it cool. And a couple of sports writers made a comment uh, one year by showing up with winter jackets, uh, uh, with ski hats on and gloves. And I think the message got through and they finally warmed it up a little bit for us. But that I remember amazing. pulling on my hands, trying to stay warm uh, while watching uh, coaches up there on the main podium. And I remember getting up and taking a break and getting coffee in the middle of the afternoon, not because I needed to stay awake. I just wanted to warm up. So you didn't wear a, you didn't wear the ski equipment. You did not partake. No, but I, I dressed very warmly for the middle of summer in, in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. 
that's all right. So I'll bring a jacket next week just in case. What has been so a few people who have been on here before talking about this. Um, I didn't realize how much coaches kind of go back and forth sometimes at each other. Um, I'd, I'd kind of witnessed it a little bit with Gus getting a little testy a few years ago. But what have been some of your favorite coach versus coach things that have happened or just a coach kind of individually kind of saying some things that you get back to your desk and you're like, what in the world was he just talking about? You know, the thing I really miss was coaches tended to be more candid back in the 1980s. And, uh, you know, this is before the internet and they wanted to get their point across on something. Uh, this is a perfect opportunity to do it. And Pat Dye at Auburn, you could count on him saying something very controversial at SEC media days, at least one thing. And it was all pre-planned. He knew what he was going to say long before he walked into that building and why he was going to say it. And he was getting his point across to the SEC officials. And uh, uh, it was, that was always entertaining. But you know, right now, it seems to me, most of the coaches try to get through it without making any kind of mistake. And that's their key goal going into media days. Yeah, unless your name is Mike Leach and then your goal is the complete opposite of that. Um, that would be fun to see. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Here with no media days. I wish we were there on his day, but I was saying to somebody earlier, because Drinkwitz goes back with Harson to Boise, I feel like maybe we'll get a little bit of back and forth. I haven't seen that from Harson. I haven't seen him show any propensity to act that way. Maybe he will. Um, what are you most looking forward to about next week? I thought we actually got a pretty decent pairing. I thought Owen and Bo, that's a pretty good, pretty good pairing of players. What are you most looking forward to asking them or, or asking Brian Harson? Yeah, the, the players, I think they may, it makes a lot of sense because they're both juniors. They've both started two full seasons. Uh, I think uh, in Owen Popo's case, he needs to uh, get a lot of consideration for all SEC teams. He got overlooked last year. I thought he had an all-SEC caliber performance, and uh, I think he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he's going to talk about – how he and Sokobi were overlooked last year on the All-SEC teams. He's, he's not going to be shy saying that. He's a mature kid. He's well-spoken. I think he'll do well. And I think Bo Nix could have handled this when he was 13 years old, growing up in a football family with his grandfather being an outstanding coach um, and his dad being a you know player at Auburn and being an outstanding high school coach himself who also coached in college. So, you know, Bo's been around this his whole life, so I think they'll handle it no problem. It's going to be interesting to see how Brian Harson handles things. Uh, there's a lot. He's going to get a lot more pointed questions probably than he, he was used to getting at Boise. Yeah, we'll see how many uh, we'll see how many questions he goes through on that main podium. Maybe if it's twenty minutes, he might get to three or four questions. We'll. We'll have to keep it to go a little long with some of his answers, Nathan. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think that the SEC world will will start to see that and start to see how long uh, he tends to filibuster sometimes. But uh, Miles was good at that at times. Yes, and and sometimes he would go off tangent and talk about three or four different subjects that weren't even asked on the main question. Yeah, we'll see if we'll see if Harson can top his uh, can top his answer length. But thanks so much, Mark, for coming on and uh, and giving your input after covering so many different SEC media days. I will see you next week in Hoover, and I'll be sure to bring uh, lots of warm clothes and, and some hot hands, some coffee, stuff like that. But uh, thanks a bunch, Mark. Obviously, inside the Armor Tigers, where you can find him. We'll get to our next guests right now. 
Okay, and here is Mr. Justin Ferguson. You can find him on Twitter at jfergusonau of the Auburn Observer. Uh, Justin, very simple to the point. What is your favorite SEC Media Days memory? Okay, so this one's kind of basic because it's from literally the last one we had. Um, but one of my favorite things about Media Days is like there's so much of Media Days that is very um, repetitive. Like everybody's trying to get the same type of quotes and there's so many like national people are like, you know, a player, a, a team writer from a certain beat will come in and ask a player from another team, what do you think about like Georgia, you know, stuff like that. And so you have to kind of, you know, weave your way through that. And I think my favorite memory of media is the last time we did it. And Auburn brought Marlon and Derek the same year. And the time they were in the main room, I just spent my time going back and forth between them, getting them to talk about each other and then relaying the messages back and forth um, because they were cracking on each other. And one of the yeah. first things, so Marlon sits down, Marlon sits down, he says, I got to tell y'all something. And he points across the room to Derek and he says, that man right there is a bully. He's a bully. So I go over to Derek. He's like, all right, Marlon's over there calling you a bully. He's like, yeah, that's my roommate, whatever. And then they were going back and forth. Which one of them was better? Which one of them was faster? Um, you know, one of the big things that offseason was Derek and Marlon, Marlon especially getting better with his, with his eating, his diet. He had gotten a better diet. And um, so we were talking about that. And I asked Derek about that. And he's like, yeah, I'm still going to call him fat. But like, and so it ended up being really good because so much of that is like everybody's saying the same thing over and over and over again. So when you get an opportunity to get these guys, and what is a weird environment? Because you got cameras and microphones all in your faces like all day. The rare moments when you get to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and the, they get to be themselves and like showcase their personality a little bit. Those are the things I always remember. Uh, and I don't think I had more fun at a media days session than literally walking across back and forth saying, all right, well, who, Derek just said this about you. Oh, and Marlon just said this about you. And then writing stories off of that and uh, kind of playing them off of each other. That was, that was always something I, I really enjoyed because a lot of it is kind of repetitive and can get really boring. What was the candy bar that he had that Marlon had in his he had suit. three musketeers. Three I musketeers. Made him, I made That's him was... pull it out and show it because he was like, I got a candy bar in my pocket. I was like, all right, show, show me. He was like, because he's got this nice suit on. It's like, you don't really have a candy bar in your pocket. He's like, whoop, here you that go. That's great. Get a, get three musketeers. <laughs> he was talking about like eating salmon. And uh, Derek was like, yeah, I never ate salmon before. He's like, I'm, I'm originally from Mississippi. We eat catfish, but we ain't going to eat salmon. Um, but yeah. And then one of my other favorite quotes from that time was, uh, he says, uh, Marlon said, sometimes I'll wake up before him because they were roommates. Like, I, I was hoping you'd wake, get to that. Sometimes I wake up before him and just wake him up and make him mad just to mess with him. And it's like here at this point, you had Derek Brown, who ended up becoming a unanimous All-American that year, um, you know, top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Marlon Davidson, who had a phenomenal career at Auburn. These two kind of just big name dudes, superstar college players messing with each other using reporters to mess with each other um, like they were just any old like college kids. And like, you don't get that a lot, especially in media days. So that was, that was, that, that's always really fun. Yeah. You've always got to have, I think for Auburn, at least, I mean, I've only been to like three of them, but yeah. you need that one guy who's going to get everybody out of their shell. It was Deshaun Davis the year before mm -hmm. that. In Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember, I think Braden Smith was being pretty funny in 2017. Um, yes. So, it so was, was the rare time we got to see right. Braden kind of break because we thought 
be inside baseball here. You hear Braden Smith going in and we're like, whew. Yeah. Yeah. How how is it gonna be? And he was like real laid back and, and loose and, and and had some really funny quotes. Uh that's yeah, whenever you can kind of break it down because like those guys are hitting all the radio, they're hitting all the TV spots, they're doing the main thing. And like every now and then somebody will walk up and be like, What do you think about Vanderbilt's right tackle? Like, you know, and it's like that's that's one of those things where you have to you, you have to get through it. So anytime these guys can can show some personality. It not only makes what we do better, like it makes our writing better and our reporting, I guess, if you can call it that at that stage better. Um, but, you know, you, it, you just tell that these guys are, because they, this is literally the only time they're going to ever have something like this. Like even in the pros, your times of the media aren't going to be as quite as weird as the media day circus is. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm making this up or not, but I feel like Derek Derek wasn't no one was on Marlon's level in terms of being funny and messing with us no. and just always having a good time. I mean, he was like laughing after the Florida game because somebody made a joke. Um, but Derek kind of came out of his shell a little bit that time. I don't know if I'm making this up. Do you remember like it was only like five of us left with Derek, but there was like 10 minutes left on his time. So he couldn't get up. And we were just I mean, basically shooting the breeze, like just kind of ask, yeah. just kind of just talking. And then, like you said, I feel like people would come up and be like ask a really which sounds mean by us because it's like how dare you do your job but like right people would come up and ask very serious questions and i feel like derek was kind of like all right i thought we were kind of done with that we're just we're like, like, asking about his kid and all this stuff yeah. and like you said they'd be like oh george's george's offensive line is pretty good right he's like, i don't care about george's offensive line it's always fun when they do that at the senior bowl too because like we would go down and talk to them at the senior bowl and just like kind of cut loose with them and then like for some reason guys go down to the senior bowl to ask about the teams they cover and it's like you know that florida defense you faced was really good wasn't it but it's like yeah i get it like the grind's the grind the game's the game i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fault fault you for that but yeah whenever we get those opportunities to kind of kick back with them because you don't get that a ton you know especially during the during the season because they kind of got to go in a little bit of a mode unless you're a guy like marlin who will who would crack jokes at any at any moment? So it was good. Those guys that I think Marlon helped Derek show a little bit more personality, especially that day. And so uh, you know that that's all that's always stuck with me. Yeah, and then Prince Tega was good, but we'll I'll, I'll leave that story. I'm sure someone's going to bring up the story that 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 you the know. Probably. Yes, yes. Hopefully yes. somebody yes. else. Yeah, brings hopefully it up. somebody will bring that one up. Yeah, and if they don't, one. if they don't, then I think I'll, I'll make it mine. I've got a few that I'm thinking about that I'll do, but um, I'll let you know if anyone else brings up yours. So, can Justin, I a, can I do, can I do yeah, a bonus one real quick? The yeah, first sure. ever go SEC media days I went to was when Gus Malzahn and Brett Bielema were just like arguing with each other through their podium time. Which I don't think included, I've heard of this. Okay, so so Gus Malzahn comes up and he's talking about his offense earlier in the year. Brett Bielema was saying like fast-paced offenses are dangerous. They're 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 crazy. You know you know guys are getting hurt. Guys are dying. He even mentioned like death certificates at one point. And so Gus gets his time, and it's like it's like okay, well you got this coach here who's thinking that your type of offense is dangerous, and he's like yeah that's ridiculous. And it's like that is I thought he was joking. And then Bielema comes to the podium a couple hours later, and he's like I wasn't joking. Like you know that was my first meeting. Like do they usually do this? Like and I think that kind of fades away now. You don't have as yeah. much kind of snipping back and forth anymore, especially now with Spurrier not in the league. But um, yeah, that, my first one, I was just like, these guys are these guys are just going at each other, and it was yeah, that's Throwing that's another balls across stuck. the room. Yeah, but about like killing each other because you're going hurry up offense. 
Oh yeah, where did so Bielema's at? Let's see, Illinois, right? He's at Illinois now. Yeah. Let Let's see. Let's see the pace of their offense. Several jobs ago. Several right. jobs ago for 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 Bert. Fiery Gus. That's that's a little surprising, Gus but used, I guess Gus he used, used to be that way. Yeah. Gus used to. Gus, you know, really proud of his offense and, and yeah. proud of his very defensive of it. Right. And this was still during the era where Saban. It was around the era where Saban is like, is this what we want football to be? And then you know, look at what they're doing now. Um, there, so. Yeah, good times. It's, it's kind of funny to see how that's evolved over the years. I think Drinkwitz probably has the best chance of getting into something like that with Harson because they go back to Boise. Yes, yes. And he he had that funny quote about Harson when he got hired. So I'm glad Missouri is on the same day as them. So maybe because maybe mm-hmm. we'll get a little bit of back and forth like you talked about. But perhaps um, Justin was nice enough to come on with us right before he's going on vacation. So thank you so much to Justin. Have a good time at the theme parks that you're hitting up. It's yes, going to be a good time. Um, I will see you at Media Days next thursday absolutely man so, thank you all right justin ferguson you all know him thanks so much we're gonna get to our next guest right now okay so and now it's jason caldwell from inside the auburn tigers here to talk about sec media days like mark jason has a lot of experience here but jason we were just talking about it before we got started how the event has changed um a lot when was your first sec media days and i guess how have you seen the event evolve yeah um 98 or 99, somewhere around in there. I'm not really sure. I can't remember which year it was, but sometime around in there was my first one. And um, probably, and obviously it's changed because of COVID, you know, not having it last year, this year, there's still some restrictions and things like that. But it's just been probably the biggest changes that used to be made for media. And now it seems like, well, you can come, but this is made for the SEC network. And that's, that's the biggest thing change for me is that it's now made for SEC Network or CBS or whoever, and we're just there to, to get some scraps here or there. Um, it used to be a much more relaxed, laid-back environment where you got some news, those things. And, and now probably the biggest thing is, is that there's rarely anything newsworthy because now it's, it's a 24-hour news cycle, and it's a you know 24-hour, 365-a-day news cycle. So that's probably the biggest thing for me is that it's it's a much different thing. It used to be one of those where you enjoyed being there for a few days, talking to guys, getting some stories. Now it seems like, man, it's hey, you know, get in and out as quick as you can and um, and and let it go. So yeah, it's probably probably that thing. It's probably going for one of my favorite events to maybe my least favorite thing we do all year. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get there. I've only done I think two or three of them. It hasn't it hasn't lost its luster yet, but for me, but looking at how it might be kind of a weird event this year with all the restrictions this (laughs) this might be the one that makes it uh that makes it kind of not fun for me yeah you were just talking about like how you don't really get that much as people might think you do that's what I always tell people is that I feel like this is something people look forward to all year and they kind of forget how little how little information you actually get I mean it's really not that big of a deal but stuff is just hyped up and and shared because it's said at media days that's the storyline is that oh they said it at media days it doesn't even matter if it's something important it's it's buzzwords um when you get to media days never worked harder never been in better shape Uh, all all those things you hear and then when you get new coaches it's the change in you know whatever it is changing this changing that or new mindset mentality what it's buzzword central now uh and that that's probably the thing that i i I like least is that now you don't have you know you know when i started this thing at lou holtz and steve spurrier were two of the guys that came every year well you knew what you were going to get then which is straight up those guys were going to talk they're going to tell you and it wasn't like coach speak 
kind of stuff. And so now everybody, there's, everything is so protected and, and you try not to say anything while saying everything at the same time. That is, that's probably the biggest thing for me is that, you know, those personalities that you had where guys you had that, you know, you were you know, on the road Tuberville, you know, another one was, was, was great. And you, you had lots of those guys that were really good at, at, you know, kind of having these types of things, but inclusion, you know, heck in 1999 and 2000, 2004, you know, we, we were getting interviews five or six days a week, you know, during the season. Now it's really two days a week. So, you know, it's, it's now there's more information, but you get less of it on the, from the, you know, coaches and players. And maybe we, we did in the past. Maybe, maybe your answer to this is Tuberville. Cause like you said, he, he was kind of the character. Um, but what, what's your favorite interaction or, or I guess sequence of events? Cause other people have said some pretty crazy things about what Auburn coaches have done. I didn't, I didn't realize Gus Malzahn was so feisty um, at media days a few times, I guess, what is your favorite memory of what an Auburn coach might've said or, or what he might've gotten into over the course of the week in Hoover? Yeah, probably. I don't know if it's actually a coach. It's probably my favorite memory is usually the players because you get to see guys come out of their shell a little bit that maybe were guys you didn't think had that in them. And they got to media days and it changed everything about them. You guys like, like, you know, recently a guy like Marcus Davis was a guy that went and he was pretty quiet, but man, he was really good when he was in that setting. And, you know, we've seen guys like that in the past. I remember that and I remember guys that gave him a chance to dress up. You know, hey, wear the you know wear the suit, wear those things. A guy like James Callier, you know, way back in in the late nineties, is a guy that you know was always dressed, and he had, you know it was great for him to to get that environment, and do those things, and so it's probably that. Um, but you know, the 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 probably the only the only redeeming thing this year for SEC Media Days is that, and I hate it for kids who are actually there for the right reasons because they like to get interviewed but we don't have to worry about the throng of fans, 99% of which are Alabama fans that hang around the lobby of the Winfrey and are, you know, you know trying to get a picture with saving our players, you know, to me, that's the only thing I'm glad of that we don't have to deal with this year. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the, 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 the losses we have for the gain of not having them around. So you're not going to miss the guy who dresses up like a giant championship ring. Oh no, him He's not and, your favorite guy, and, and many others. Uh, no, I, I won't miss those. Like I said, if it was parents and kids, and and then I, I'm all for it. But I'm not, you know, I'm not one for a bunch of grown adults to hang around there and, and do those things. That's just not my cup of tea, really. Well, they'll be outside apparently this year. So if you if you if you feel that itch, you can go out there and say hello. Um, that be that'll be when I hope it rains. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Jason. So, what are you most looking forward to about Auburn's day Thursday? What you know, if you had time alone with Brian Harson, you got to ask him, you know, a couple questions. What are you What are you most looking forward to him talking about this week? Probably for him and the players. Maybe you know some of the guys that developed in the spring. You know, we got to talk to him in the spring, but you know, really, they once you wrap it up and you go, we haven't really sat down with him and talked after they go back and watch film, they go back and grade. You put it all, the entire spring together, probably the guys that, that made the biggest moves. Um, that's, that'd be one of the questions for me. We know a guy like Tyler Fromm because he went from nothing to running with the first team. Javarius Johnson went from nothing to running with the first team. 
there's some of those guys we know about, but maybe some guys that, that, you know, on the offensive line, for instance, defensive line guys that really changed the way. I think Marquise Burks would be one of those guys, but hearing, hearing some of those guys and you hear that from Bo Nix and Owen Popo as well, they'll, they'll be able to give you an idea of the guys that maybe caught their eye that they're like, Hey, this guy really, really changed maybe our impressions of him in the spring. So that, that probably one. And then, um, to that point, the, the players and, and coaches, they know they get a feedback from the strength and conditioning coaches, which guys took it to another level this summer and appear to be ready to kind of burst onto the scene this fall. That, that's usually the thing I like about media days is you, you find out about some of those guys that maybe have changed their impressions in a year. All right, Jason. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for giving your insight a little bit and we'll get to our next guest right now. So another local Auburn reporter is joining us today, Mr. Jordan Hill of the Opelika Auburn News. Does a great job over there for the local newspaper in Auburn. Jordan, you have a unique perspective on this because you used to cover Georgia. So you've been doing this a little while. How many media days have you been to? I've been to, I think, three or four at this point. Okay. I go to a couple when I was still in school, so that was pretty nice. Gotcha. Now, is your the the standout memories or, or scenes or things that happened is it from Auburn side or is it from Georgia's side it's honestly kind of neither you know okay I, when I've gone to be able to stay for most of each week of media days and and now not really been a specific for the team I was covering um the the two that really come to mind for me 2015 which I, I think might have been the first time I went that was Steve Spurrier's last SEC media days and really, Spurrier was kind of reserved, and I think looking back on it, it was he might have kind of known that South Carolina wasn't going to be that good th- that year. But the thing that comes to mind is uh, somebody from Touchdown Alabama got up and asked him about his quarterback play and, and all the good quarterbacks he's talked, you know, he's he's coached over the years. But the thing that really stands out is the man proceeded to list as many former quarterbacks. I mean, you got Rex Grossman, you got Doug Johnson, you got Steve. I mean, like he listed probably seven names and I was just kind of watching, just trying not to bust out laughing. I just wanted to see really how long he, he could go on. Um, and I don't even really remember what Spurrier wound up saying, but that was pretty funny. And then the most bizarre thing I've seen at Media Days was 2017. And, and that, if you'll remember, was uh, Hugh Free. It was Hugh Freeze's day at the podium. And Hugh Freeze. forgot Fre- about this. And Hugh Freeze was in the midst of, you know, the scandal was already happening. At that point, it looked like he was going to be safe. He was going to coach. But I'm pretty sure Ole Miss had already been put on. uh, You know, they they weren't going to be able to go to a bowl. And so they, you know, had been handed, had been hit by the NCAA. And so he was going to go up there. And, you know, his argument was basically going to be like, you know, we're going to treat all the games like a bowl sort of thing. So it was already bizarre. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting with Jason Butt, who used to cover Georgia for the Macon Telegraph. And so we're sitting there at this table and, uh, you know, he was going and there's a guy to the right of us, maybe two seats to our right. And I'm already kind of like paying attention to this guy because he's wearing an Ole Miss uh, shirt with an Ole Miss logo. And, you know, Nathan and anyone listening, it's not very common that people that cover these teams are going to be wearing, you know, logos of the teams because you're not a fan of the team. You're covering the team and, and you know, you're going to report the good and the bad. So this guy's wearing an Ole Miss logo. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. And as Hugh's up there talking, I hear something. I look to my right and this guy is just clipping his fingernails just at the table and just like, I don't know what he was doing there. I don't know. I highly doubt he wrote a story, but 
I just remember like seeing it happen and then I kind of looked around and I'm like, okay, this is abnormal, right? Like I'm not like, like, you know, and then you look and there's 15 other people clipping their fingernails. Yeah, exactly. I'm in the wrong. uh, I'm like, is it, is it normal to just clip your, your fingernails in public? But, uh, and then, yeah. So he kind of got out of that saying, you know, um, we're going to just play every game like a bowl game. And uh, he didn't make it to the season. He got fired like a week and a half or maybe two weeks after that. Um, it was, it was very bizarre, but it's part of media days. There's always some kind of weird storyline that winds up, uh, coming up and, and you just kind of, kind of sit and enjoy it and embrace the awkwardness of whatever's going to come with it. Okay. Just to be clear, when I said, I forgot about this, I wasn't talking about fingernails. I had no yes. idea about yeah, yeah. that, but wasn't, because I that was the first one I ever did. Auburn had uh, Daniel Carlson, Braden Smith, and Trey Matthews that year. And I yeah. came a little late. Auburn hadn't started yet, but I missed that thing like in the morning, like in the hotel yeah. room. Um, yeah. But people all of a sudden were like turning and, and Freeze was up there because he was talking about, was that the year he just was like changing the subject? Do you, do you remember what he I'm talking about? He was been. like... He was like, yeah, no, I, I actually, you know, people would ask him really tough questions about the whole situation. And he'd be like, yeah, the new Star Wars, you know, they're OK. Like they, you know, they're maybe they're not my cup of tea, but I do. You, is Am I like losing he, my mind? Do you remember what I'm he might about? Have. I'm trying to remember. I know I mentioned Jason, but I remember he asked basically what Hughes mentality was going to be going into the season, knowing that they weren't going to a bowl. And I mean, if I remember correctly, he answered it, but it was basically like, we're going to treat every, every game like a bowl and just make, you know, just make it a big deal every single week. Um, But he might've filibustered and and changed the subject. I can't really remember. I think truth be told, Nathan, I was still mesmerized by my, my table mate who decided to start clipping their fingernails. Your fingernail clipping friend. Okay. Well, I just, I just Googled Hugh Freeze Star Wars and nothing came up. Maybe I like, was in the it, it's possible was in the twilight i'm gonna i'm gonna it seems like a very less milesian thing to do okay but... somebody said okay there's 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 things on okay here's a tweet from J- justin is saving us uh justin ferguson tweeted that that time he said he freeze at sec media days quote i would now like to share some ideas i have for jj abrams seventh chapter in the star wars saga <laughs> <laughs> So I think he I think maybe he reached the point where he like didn't want to talk about the situation because I mean, that's all he was getting. You know what yeah. I mean? That was all that was being talked about. And rightfully so. You're not. Well, you know, the like once in a lifetime, like huge old Miss scandal. I'm not going to get the mic and say, Coach, tell me about your tight ends. Like, right. the, it just doesn't. You know, that was the thing. That's great. That's great. I had totally. OK, that's like up there now with my favorite memories because I had completely forgotten about that um well jordan what are you most looking forward to about uh about next week i I highly doubt we'll get any star wars references from brian harson but i mean you never know yeah we we might get lucky i think the biggest thing it'll be nice to get some you know in-person interviews with some of the players i'm more looking forward to getting to see some of the writers haven't seen a long time because for us media days is kind of like our only like annual convention. And and I'm really lucky from when I went to school at at UGA that I know a lot of people that are on other beats like Ole Miss. Uh, I'm sure I could rattle off a bunch of other ones. Know some people at like South Carolina, LSU. So this kind of lets us all be in one space for at least a little while. So it'll be good to kind of catch up and sort of see what it's been like for them and, and what, you know, media access and things like that have been like, and just be good to kind of get a little more sense of normalcy. It's a shame um, that fans won't be able to be in there. I hate to see that though. You, you know, you understand why 
Um, but and then and it's another step toward hopefully what winds up being a pretty normal football season, at least fingers crossed, hopefully um, that that is the case. But that's the biggest thing for me, just to be with a bunch of people I haven't seen in a while and and uh, get to kind of reminisce and catch up and also get a little work done. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hopefully there is work to get done. Hopefully there's at least some newsworthy things. But um, thank you so much, Jordan. Thanks for coming on and, and giving your memories a little bit. He's Jordan Hill from the Opelike Auburn News. Um, if you live in Auburn, you definitely have checked out the newspaper. If you don't, go check him out online. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us. And we're going to get to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, and next up on the podcast is Mr. Jake Weiss from the Auburn Plainsman. He is a senior at Auburn this fall. Uh, he's the sports editor at the Plainsman, does a great job over there. He's been covering Auburn for a couple years now. Um, he was just a, a wee freshman when I met him back in probably 28, 2018, I think. Um, so he's come a yeah, long way. He's, he's done a lot of great stuff um, since then, and he does a really good job over there at the student newspaper, the Auburn Plainsman. So Jake has been to one SEC media days, and he says he has a story for us. So, Jake, the floor is yours. Great. Well, yeah, like I said, uh, I've only been to one, so my answer is kind of recent, like a little bit of a recency bias. But uh, the 2019 SEC media days, uh, I had never really experienced anything like media days before. So for me, just kind of getting to experience all the sights and sounds that entails with media days is kind of my favorite memory of it um really the kind of little three things that stick out the most to me were uh first off one of the first things I did when I got there um after checking in went to go use the bathroom and I'm walking out afterwards and Paul Feinbaum's walking in uh and you know being just a little sophomore going into sophomore year I kind of do a double take and I go you know and then it didn't hit me until I went to go sit back down that, you know, Paul Feinbaum, I had just held the door open for Paul Feinbaum. Uh, so that's the first thing. Second thing, once again, if you had known, me just being, if you had known it was oh, him at ahead. the time, would you have like said something in the bathroom? Do you think? No, of course not. I just held the door open for him and went about my day. When you said, when you said I went to the bathroom, I was like, I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> I'm glad it turned out pretty well. Okay. Sorry. Continue. No, it's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you let me. I'm glad you didn't cut me off there. I was worried you were just going to be like, cut it. Uh, oh, thanks, man. Second... <laughs> glad you think I would do that. <laughs> well, uh, and the second thing, once again, just, you know, me feel like me just being a clueless little freshman, sophomore, going into sophomore year. Um, I'm not sure if most people remember him, but Kentucky linebacker Cash Daniel uh, was walking into the big ballroom for his media day, you know, appearance. And who was walking right beside him? I was, uh, I didn't realize who was walking in. So everyone's taking his photo. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, I should, once we get in there, I should ask him uh, what, you know, what news outlet he works for. Cause uh, he seemed like a pretty big deal. And then a couple minutes later, I see him up there, you know, taking questions. And I realized, oh, you know, he doesn't work for, you know, the Kentucky Colonel or he doesn't work for CBS. He doesn't, you know, he's a football player. Uh, then the last thing that kind of just summed up my media days experience for me that kind of tied it all together uh, was at the time, like Nathan mentioned, we both knew each other at the Plainsman. Uh, one of our fellow colleagues at the Plainsman, Zach 
Tantillo. Uh, is that right? I think it might be Tantillo, but that's okay. Oh, gee, okay. Well, he's not going to be happy with that. But <laughs> uh, coming home after media days, such a fun day, long day. Uh, I drive all the way back home, and I turn on the TV, turn on SEC Network, and who's up there? Zach is. Uh, for those that don't know, Paul Fine always does the last reporter standing. And so Zach was the last reporter standing. He was still there. And so I turn on the TV, and that's who I see on TV. So that kind of tied it all together for me. You never know who you're going to see. Yeah, Zach told me uh, – I was staying with Zach that trip. That was in – yeah, that was, that, was, that, was not, that was in Hoover. That wasn't in Atlanta. Um, yeah. He told me he, he blacked out. He, he called me and he said, Nathan, I'm walking to my car right now. He said, I just completely blacked out. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, I was on Paul Feinbaum. He says, I have no idea what I just talked about. I have no idea what I said. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> so hopefully I didn't say anything too bad. Um, yeah, the last reporter stand. Are you going to go for that this year? You're going to hang around just because it would be, it's, be some good publicity. You know, I, I thought about it, actually, like since since that day, I thought to myself, man, next media day is like I'm going to wait till the end. Um, obviously needed is going to happen last year. And then this year with some restrictions, COVID restrictions, I don't know if I'll stay. I might just, you know, leave right after Auburn's stuff is done, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Auburn always, it always lends. Cause I think Brandon Marcella was up there with Zach and Brandon yeah. always did that. I think Brandon halfway did it like halfway because he just liked to hang around and work and didn't want to leave yet. Wanted to do stuff in that workspace. But half of it is like, again, like the free, publicity but it lends itself well to auburn people to get up there because we're always auburn's always on the last day of the yeah. event i mean i don't know how far back it, i've only covered like three of them but every time i've been there they've been the last ones and apparently harson isn't going to start until like noon so he's not only are we on the last day but i think he's actually the auburn is the very last team of media days so well, maybe i've got a good shot then i guess you might have a Someone good shot does. there might be a few of us vying for that one but all right, Jake. Well, thank you for your input and your stories. They were they they made me laugh. I had my mic muted, but they made me laugh a lot, especially <laughs> when you said I went into the bathroom. Just really had no idea what was going to happen there. But uh, Jake Weiss, Jake, what's your Twitter so people can follow you? Uh, at the Jake Weiss. So the Jake Weiss on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Plainsman.com, Auburn Plainsman student newspaper. Obviously, everybody at Auburn loves it. You love it. You know it. Uh, Jake Weiss, senior sports editor there. Thank you so much, Jake. And we will get to our next guest right now. All right, now we are set to welcome in the only person who is appearing on this show today who is no longer a sports journalist, and that is Mr. Josh Vitale. Uh, as many of you know, he used to work for the Montgomery Advertiser covering Auburn for a long time, and he has now moved on to bigger and better things in a non-journalism job, but he has extensive experience covering the Auburn Tigers, and he's been to a few media days. Josh, how many SEC media days have you been to? Uh, so they didn't have them last year. So I guess what the answer would be four. Four. Okay. And I don't know why, but whenever we're somewhere, wherever we used to go somewhere as a beat, just funny things would always kind of follow you around. So I feel like yeah. you've got, you're going to have some decent ones here. Um, but you, you texted me before saying that you don't know if you necessarily have specific memories more as just, you know, talking about how stupid the event is overall. Yeah. So the floor is yours to talk about SEC media days and you're no longer tethered to a media affiliate. So literally say whatever you want. Yeah. It's just like the vibe of the whole thing is just ridiculous when you like really like step back and like think about what it is. Like, it's not like, like in theory, it's a press conference and press conferences, as you know, are boring. Like yes. one person stands in front of the room and everyone asks questions and it's boring, but like they make this an event, like 
fans show up. There's 800 people in this ballroom, which, by the way, you've been to the Winfrey, right? You've been to that ballroom? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's four degrees in there. I yep. don't know why they do this every single year. But like my first year, I brought four collared shirts because like, you know, it's July. And then I get there and Dana Salona met her. It was like, no, you should have brought a jacket. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's Alabama in July. She goes, no, 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 you need a jacket. And then every year after that, I brought pullovers because it's seven degrees in there. Um, and it's, and people are just, they're just searching for stuff, man. Like, it's like, I remember the interview that stood out. This is the one I thought of was Prince Tega Winogo two years ago. Um, people ask him questions for 15 minutes. It's like, how's your off season? You know, how's the offensive line look? And then someone. Terrible. They're terrible. We're bad. Yes, I'd love answer. for, I'd love for somebody to actually say that. Yeah. But then halfway through, like there was like a pause and I remember someone goes, so um, you tweeted a couple weeks ago that you have a pet giraffe. What's that about? And I'm like, this is where we're at. This is, this is the journalism. And this is what we're doing here. Such it's just so, it's such a weird, it just, it was so weird. Everything about it is weird. I will say that that probably turned into one of the funniest back and forth interactions between a player and reporters because he was getting people to actually believe it. Like he was like, no, yeah, I have. A, oh, yeah. And he and that, that was when he talked about that scar on his arm. And he said that he told Gus Malzahn on there on his official visit that he fought off a tiger to protect his village. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, y'all are funny, man. You think that like everywhere in Africa is like this third world country. He was like, I watched TV. I went to school like it's just yeah. that was hilarious. But um, what was your favorite? Because I know you, you were Gus the whole time. Um, covering Gus, but somebody, Jordan had brought up uh, Hugh Freeze in 2017 during that whole scandal thing. Yeah. But what was your favorite coach there that was not named Gus Malzahn? Uh, I don't think Gus could ever be the favorite. <laughs> um, Gus, Gus, was out, Gus was out there at the end, just like, he was just like, please don't ask me any questions. I want to go home really quick. Um, I, I think my, my first year was Les Miles last year. Um, Les Miles is funny because he like a lot of coaches when they filibuster, they like they want to run through their roster and stuff. And Les just like went on a whole thing about like his summer vacation, like what his daughter was up to. Like he just went into like whatever and they get like, 20 minutes. And he was like, he did like 17 of just talking. And he's like, all right, do you have any questions? And they asked like three and then they cut it off because it was like ready out of there. And I, I did, I did enjoy that. That was, it was funny. Like you could just tell like, he would stop for a second and you would think like, oh, he's going to take a question. And he'd be like, all right. So then my daughter, this was back in June. My daughter did this. And it's like, this man's a legend. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to answer any questions. Today. It's smart. It's smart, honestly, to avoid it. Um, okay. So you just got done, you know, covering Brian Harson, the beginning of the, the Harson era just a few weeks ago. Over under three questions that he answers during his time on the main stage. I'm gonna. Hmm. I think three is the number. I don't. I don't want to take push over it. under three. I think I'm gonna push on three. And can you explain um, why you think that is? Yeah, I. Th- I think. I mean, they're they're not going to let him get away with filibustering the whole thing. They, the SEC will make him answer some questions, but he Brian Harson's a very long talker. He gets very detailed. He may repeat some things from time to time during his sentences. So like he he gets into it. Um, so I think he'll he'll open a statement for at least 15 minutes going through the roster, probably. Um, 
And then, yeah, I'll get a couple of questions, but he talks long. He's going to, he's going to talk for two minutes, three minutes to each of those answers. By the time you do 15 minutes and that you're at 25, they're going to rush you off the stage. So I, I don't think we're going to, you're going to, you're going to hear much on the stage from Brian Harson. Hopefully you guys get them beforehand, like we did with Gus and get a little more, you know, reportable info than you'll get from that stage. Yeah. Apparently we're not getting that. Um, oh, well, that's good. But I think we might be getting something like Wednesday night. Um, should I also, I thought about this. I need to ask you because you're, you know, get the outsiders, the non-journalist opinion. Um, should I ask Bo Nix if he's seen the meme about this is the year? I think you absolutely should. Or do you, I, this is, I'm legitimately, I yeah, want yeah. your actual answer because if you yes. think it's stupid, like the Prince Tega thing, I'm not going to do it. Okay. So here, here's the answer. And I think this is where we're at in, in the industry. Like it's stupid, but it's good. Like okay. it'll do well. It'll be funny. People will like to click on it and read it. So yeah, it's dumb, but yeah, you should also do it because like, that's what I think that's sort of what media days has sort of become. It's like probably when they started it, it was probably like a, a real like journalism event where like writers who didn't have, like there wasn't things on TV. There wasn't Twitter. You were probably learning stuff that you couldn't otherwise learn. Yeah. Now it's a circus. It's a TV show. Um, it reporters get invited, but it's really not for us. It's for kind of everyone else um, to just put it on SEC network and get the coaches to sit on fine bomb set and whatever. So yeah, definitely ask Bo Nix if, if this is the year, hundred okay. percent. Sure I want to know that. the answer now, actually. So, okay. Yeah. I'll be sure to do that. And if it's not like an actual thing, I'll, I'll like ask him at some point. I'll be like, dude, have you seen this? Yeah. I'll just like put the phone right in his face. Like you seen this, bro. Have you seen, have you seen the tweet, bro? Um, I will say this when you talked about how cold it was, Mark Murphy the other day told me that one of the first years he was there, it was so cold that like tons of riders showed up the next year wearing like ski masks and like ski outfits and just like winter coats to prove a point. And he said they sat there and worked the entire time and like, like they were in like outside snowing Colorado. And they were probably very comfortable. They probably were. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully somebody makes a statement like that. The explanation I heard once, I think I asked someone once and they said it was because like they put fine bomb set in the back of the room and they needed to keep it cold because so, of like the lights and stuff. But I didn't really, didn't really track for me. I was not, um, I was not, I was expecting like, oh, there's, you know, there's a ton of people in one room. You don't want people to get overheat. Like you don't want things to get hot with a bunch of bodies. That would be like, that was not on my bingo card of why. No, that's, cold that's what I room. That was that was what I heard. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, okay. what, that's what I was told. I'll try to confirm it for you. But all right, Josh. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Hope everything is going well with your non-journalism endeavors. Um, it's sad because I've been saying it to everybody else. I'm like, see you next week in Hoover. Yeah. And I unfortunately won't see you next week in Hoover. But yeah. maybe I'll I'll FaceTime you in and Dave and Buster's because I know that's oh, that would be awesome. That's your favorite place yeah. on the planet. I know. I'll be honest. I will not miss. SEC media days, but I will miss hanging out with you all when we're not working. That's what I'll miss. So I, hear I, that. I will not I will not miss Brian Harson's speech, but I will miss Dave and Buster's. <laughs> You'll hear that sincerity from this man. <laughs> what a sweet man. All right, Josh. Well, I appreciate you coming on and and uh and giving some of your past experience on here. Um yeah. we're gonna get right to our next guest right now. So appreciate Josh, and we'll get to our next guest right now. And the last guest we're going to have on here is, of course, Philip Marshall, because Philip is the only one who has experience dating back um, to some pretty crazy pre-media days um, rituals that, you know, obviously 
set the groundwork for the event right now the the skyriders tour which is still kind of an insane concept to me but um philip you've been to a lot of media days you have a lot of experience with them. i'm sure you have more stories than you know we could sit here all day and do it um but dating back to the skyriders tour just go through and i would talk to mark a little bit about it before but go through and explain what that was like and uh just some of your your most fond memories from from doing that well it was uh a conveyor airplane and would hold 40 something people. And uh, we would they'd have a big party in Birmingham and then take off the next day. In the latter years, some of it was by, they did some of it on the bus, like from, I think we went from Tuscaloosa to Starkville. Well, I know we did Tuscaloosa to Starkville on the bus, but it was mostly in this airplane, which was very hot until it got in the air. And uh, lots of people in it who had stayed up too late the night before. And the, the late Jack Harston, who was the sports editor of the Gainesville Sun, was the head of the group known as the High Tribunal, who had been on just about every trip. And the first one was in 1965. My, my daddy was on it, in fact. Uh, my first one was in 1977, but uh, uh, he was the head of the high tribunal and you did not question the high tribunal. And if you were a rookie, you had no rights whatsoever. And uh, uh, Jack would save, he had control of the PA system on the plane and uh, he would save airplane crash stories all year long and read them on the, uh, <laughs> over the PA, over the PA system, but it was, uh, you know, we would go to one school every day. Uh, there might have been, it might be once, once or twice we'd go to, two. and uh, there would be a a dinner or lunch, as the case may be, and uh, with the coach, and uh, uh, and then we could go to practice and you could basically talk to what, whatever players you wanted to talk to. Of course, setting up interviews in those days was coaches were, that was not, there was no social media, no, uh, no websites, no nothing. So the only at attention that uh, college athletics got was from the people who covered it. And uh, so interviews were much easier to come by then in those days. And, they would have a hospitality room at night, where whatever wherever we were spending the night, and the coaches would uh, the coaches would come and hang out, and uh, and uh, it, it was it it was it was fun, it was grueling, lots of good stories. Uh, but uh, as as someone once put it, flying around the southeast with forty guys, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to introduce to your mother, but. Uh, <laughs> But it was, it was, uh, for the people who went on it, it was, it was a, it was a great memory. And I, I, I don't think I could do it now. I, I know I couldn't do it now the way we did it then, but, uh, uh, it was, uh, a different day. And the obvious reason for switching to the Sky Riders is instead of 40 people, you have hundreds of people. And, uh, I mean, to the media days concept and, uh, they did both for a year or two, but uh, uh, at that time, media days was not a 
it was just the, the SEC schools and the people who covered them, and that was pretty much it. There was no, uh, I mean, again, that that was before 1984 uh, when when college football was taken away from the oversight of the NCAA. So, you know, there was not a, uh, a the, the TV situation was nothing, nothing like it is now. And, uh, and it was pretty laid back. And, uh, even then it was laid back and, and, and also not every coach was flying around the country in a private plane then either. So a lot of times they'd spend the night and, uh, they'd come up to the hospitality room then and, and hang out. Uh, some later than others. Uh, John, Johnny Majors was a hospitality room star, but, uh, uh, but it was, uh, yeah, you know, people got to know each other in a in a little bit less of a intense atmosphere than the season, and uh, 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 you know now it's completely different. And I wouldn't say worse. I, it's the the SEC doing what's best for them, and uh, it's just a the whole well, look, everything's different. I mean, every, everything about the game is different now than it was then on the field is better than it's ever been. I, I don't think there's any question about that, but, uh, but around that it's, it's different. And those of us who are old enough to remember what it was like before miss the old days. Uh, but it's, uh, it is what it is. And, uh, personally after the past year and a half, I'm just looking forward to having, uh, somewhat of a sense of normalcy, uh, though it's not going to be the same as it has been. I mean, it's going to be all, you know, there's still all kinds of protocols in place that's going to make it a little less cozy than, than usual. But at least we're back talking about football, and I'm sure we're going to talk a whole lot about NIL and and uh, all that stuff and the playoff and all those things. But uh, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, so Philip will be there um, all four days this week. So Auburn Undercover, y'all can check him out, check, covering all the SEC teams and you know how they relate to Auburn. But Philip, you've seen you know a lot of different coaches not only come through Auburn and go to the event, but other schools as well. And some other people who have come on for this show have had some pretty funny stories about just not necessarily Auburn head coaches because I don't think Gus Malzahn necessarily was going to you know, be one of those guys that was going to stand out and do something like that. That was going to make headlines in that way. I, I doubt Brian Harson is going to be like that um, either, but just in recent memory for you at, at media days, what have been the coaches that every year you're like, okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to this guy again. Uh, well, uh, let me think. I haven't really thought of it that way. Uh, um, you know, some of the some of the ones that were the most enjoyable didn't come to many. <laughs> they they were they were there and gone. Right. Uh, uh, it's uh it's always been interesting to me that that whoever's supposed to be good tries to convince you they're not really that good, and whoever's not supposed to be any good tries to convince you that they really are good. <laughs> and uh, uh, but uh, you, you mentioned Gus. The year was, I think it was 2018 when he and uh, Brett Bielema had their uh, their uh, their little argument, and 
the Nick Saban was kind of kind of flying around the periphery of it on 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 Bielema's side, and uh, they got pretty hot. They got pretty hot, both of them did, and uh, uh, and it's uh, that fall when Auburn played at Arkansas. Uh, yep. And I'm not going to name the player, but uh, it was fairly obvious because Bielema had accused, uh, Auburn had accused, uh, not just Auburn, but teams who did what Auburn did were accusing people of faking in- injuries. And of course, that's because they were faking injuries. But uh, Arkansas was driving in this game, which Auburn ended up winning by two or three touchdowns. But Arkansas was driving. And, and uh, after a play, an Auburn player is just standing there, and it, apparently uh, he suddenly remembers what he was supposed to do. And he's just standing there, and suddenly he's, bam, he's on the ground. <laughs> and it was, and Bielema almost went, almost went crazy. I, I gave oh, some respect man. to Russ that day. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, but of course, uh, uh, yeah, I guess Gus ended up winning the argument, but you'd have to say that, you know, Saban uh, and and Bielema really never did adjust to life in the SEC. That's obvious, and uh, could not win. And we'll see if he can win back in the Big Ten. But uh, uh, but you know, now instead of complaining about it, Saban's probably doing it better than anybody. So or or his program is, and. Uh, uh, but it was, uh, that, that was fun. One of my memories is the year, Tim, the summer before Tim Tebow senior year, uh, South Carolina quarterback. I can't remember his name right off man. Anyway, got, got one vote, uh, or was it the South Carolina quarterback? I don't remember which quarterback it was. Anyway, he got one vote. And for the for the uh, on the coaches preseason all SEC team, and it was a mission for the guys who covered Florida to find out who had the audacity to not vote for oh, for no. the greatest player in the history of mankind, <laughs> the greatest, greatest person to ever walked the earth, and uh, and all those things, and uh, and they asked every coach. That went up there, which honestly, to be to be honest with you, look, I, I thought at the time, I thought it was absurd. Somebody did vote for Tim Tebow. I mean, why does it matter? But anyway, uh, uh, of course, half the time the coaches don't actually vote the SID votes. Well, it turns out that the coach who did not vote for Tim Tebow was Steve Spurrier. And uh, who denied it at the at his at his appearance at media days? But then his SID fessed up and told him that, that he had in fact voted for oh man South Carolina quarterback or whoever it was. I don't remember who the quarterback yeah. was. But uh, uh, so there was that. But uh, I, I remember this media days when right after. Uh, uh, the supposed back bagman story uh, about Cam Newton. Uh, it was, uh, you know, that was a story one year. Usually there's something going on that's a story. Uh, but again, nothing like the Skywriters. 
there I go back to the old days again. Fran Kersey uh, was the head coach at Kentucky, and that they had been through all sorts of NCAA issues, and really it was pretty much an outlaw program. But uh, Roy Exum, who was a sports writer from uh, Chattanooga, who had a unique job since his his grandfather owned the paper. Great guy, great, great, great humorist, great guy. And uh, we're at the back with, because uh, Kersey has been under all sorts of heat. And, you know, and uh, so it's about time for Kersey to get up, and Exum stands up and says, uh, uh, Fran, before, uh, before you get started, there's something we'd like, we'd like to share with you, okay? He said, all right. And then he starts to read. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. Kersey did not think it was humorous at all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> at all. <laughs> wow. But uh, uh, and then we also had two guys almost getting a fight during the blessing one night, too. A very profane almost getting in a fight during the blessing one night. <laughs> Dur- during the blessing? Yeah, right. <laughs> during the blessing before dinner. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Any time other than that. <laughs> but uh, but you know the the, the media days now is much more scripted and much more, and it'll be even more that way this year because usually the players are they'll bring the players in and ones in one corner, ones in another corner, and ones in another corner, and now they'll have two from each team, but they'll just take their turn on the podium. There won't be. So there won't be much close interaction. That, yeah. That'll be one difference this year. But uh, and plus, it's much more made for TV extravaganza now. Yeah, than it used to be. Yeah, I'm not expecting to get for us to get you know an absurd amount of stuff. But like you said, it is fun just because it's the season it's started. Tough, but just, you know, it's not that it's not necessarily going to be going to be any any earth shattering news. Right. Right. But you never know, and and you know sometimes. Somebody says something that they regret, and uh, yep, uh, that's always for me. I don't. I'm not big on trying to get twenty year olds to say something they wish they hadn't said. But, yeah, but coaches, on the other hand, I mean, they're fair game. Yeah, whatever they say. Of course, what anybody says there is fair game. Right. I'm not suggesting anybody should ignore it. I'm suggesting maybe. I'm not big on trying to get them to do it. I guess that's the bottom line of that. Yeah, I think I think Owen and I like the pairing of Owen and Bo. I think they'll do a good yeah, job. I'm excited. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not. They're not likely to say anything. Of, of course, there's always somebody wanting to make something out of something, even if you, uh, even if you don't. Uh, I mean, you know, players are going to be confident. They're going to believe in themselves, and they're going to, and sometimes other other. The, the, what, but what they say gets misconstrued or twisted, and and it sounds like they they were doing something they had no intention of doing. Right. It's gonna be interesting to see how Harson handles it. Um, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't uh, ever dealt with anything like this before. I don't think. No, and he and he hasn't even dealt with it as much as you normally would have dealt with it by this time, because of all the COVID restrictions. So. 
That'll be that'll be interesting. My gut feeling is he won't be, he won't enjoy it all that much. But uh, <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> but we'll see. We shall see. Already, yeah, Philip. Kind of fortunate because they're a blast. Yeah, Offer is a blast, and a lot of people will be gone. Yep. Yep. Well, here's hoping there'll be enough people to stick around to be able to say hey to everybody and catch up a good bit, Philip. Thanks so much for coming on and, and joining us and giving us uh, all your perspective. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you on Thursday, but enjoy the rest of the week. And we're going to get to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Auburn Undercover podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There have been a few notable events that have occurred when I've been at Media Days. I see I've been to three of them, been to 17, which was Trey Matthews, Daniel Carlson, Braden Smith for Auburn. 18 was Jarrett Stidham, Dontavious Russell, and Deshaun Davis, which Deshaun Davis was pretty entertaining um, because I think for like his whole, they call it like the breakout session where he gets like a big corner of the room to himself. Uh, like Phillips said, they're not going to have that this year. They're just going to be up on the main stage, but he just wore sunglasses like the entire time. But I don't really remember like exactly what, what he said or it being that standout or funny or anything like that. But 2019 was, it's easily been the best one for me so far. And the best memory I have of that one is we're sat up talking with in the little breakout session, talking with Prince Tega Winogo, Auburn's former left tackle. And he was talking about, it was asked about some of the misconceptions from him being from Africa. He said, you know, he meets a lot of people who say, or who just assume that like he grew up in this like village and that he had to, he joked that, you know, he has to fight off tigers all the time. And he was basically like, you know, I, grew up watching superhero movies and like, you know, it's like, it was, a, you know, I went to town and stuff like that. He was like, you know, it's not as not everywhere in Africa is a rundown village. And he just kind of, he thought, he kind of thought that was funny that everyone kind of had that perception, but then he also admitted that he has a certain perception of America. That's why I brought up the superhero movie. He said he would watch superhero movies like Spider-Man and get this kind of perception of what the United States was like. And then when he got here, it was a little different too. So he said, you know, he, he understands why people are like that. You kind of, you kind of go off of what is portrayed in media but i remember and it was brandon marcello obviously former auburn 24 7 reporter who asked him about his giraffe because prince tega had been tweeting that he had a pet giraffe and he was like not only talking about the fact that he had a giraffe but also that like the measurables of this giraffe how much he was weighing and he was like i really miss my giraffe back home um and i i don't even remember like if i believed his tweets at the time um, but Brandon asked him about it. And actually, I scrolled back on the Auburn Undercover uh, YouTube page and was actually fortunate enough to find the interview. So I'll just let uh, I'll just let that play out right now so you guys can hear uh, Prince Tega talking about his pet giraffe. And, and you, you know, let me know if you uh, if you actually believed it here for a second. I've seen you tweet about having a pet giraffe back home. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the pet giraffe and how long you had the pet giraffe. <laughs> you know, you asking about Bobo? Bobo. Yeah, but that's Bobo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <coughs> Bobo is just something I actually made up. Uh, whenever like, I go here, 
and uh, people were literally asking me about that every time because people like the understanding of Africa is like a big safari so people always ask me do you have a pet tiger I'm like no you got a pet lion no no I don't like lion or tiger I got a giraffe though so y'all just tell them like I got a pet giraffe his name was Bobo and whenever they asked me, I told this brother, I was like, I'm like 25th by now. Like, you don't tell it. So, <laughs> yeah. But well, you've convinced not. people that it's true? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes? <laughs> it just depends on whatever you believe. You had me convinced uh, for you, a little bit. Oh, you was? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, both was real. So, yeah, I just loved how he, it seems like he's definitely fooled some people by it before. But th- that was just so funny because, like, that definitely sums up the conceptions, you know, the misconceptions people have about where he was from and stuff and joking that he had a pet giraffe was kind of like the perfect way to try to confuse people. And I 100% can see him like friends on the Auburn campus and maybe like other Auburn football players, him just telling about his giraffe and be like, yeah, yeah. The funniest part was like, he's like, yeah, he's about, you know, 25 feet now, something like that. Just, just the way he delivered that was so great. Like I can just totally see him just going up to people and being very serious about it. Um, and trying to make them believe it. And that was the same. I think I referenced this with somebody earlier in the podcast, but that was the same media days where he said that on his official visit to Auburn, because he's got like a big like birthmark on one of his like biceps and Gus Malzahn asked him, he thought it was a scar. It looks like a scar. And Gus Malzahn asked him how he got it. And he said that he just like deadpan looked Gus straight in the face and said, yeah, I had to defend my family from, uh, from this tiger and I killed him. And he said that Gus was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe you did that. And then he was like, nah, man, I'm just kidding. So Prince Dega definitely has been my favorite, my favorite one so far. But there is an honorable mention for me. And it was my very first one, 2017. I didn't know anybody. I was like going the whole thing all by myself alone. And there's like a small, I forget what they call it, the auxiliary room. I don't know. But there's multiple stops the coaches will make other than just the main podium. Now, I don't think they're going to do that this year. I think it'll be just more like main podium stuff to space out. But Gus was in like this breakout room and we were pretty much done asking him questions. And somebody is like a young reporter. And he said, so this was after the 2016 season. So heading into 2017. So Gus had been there for 13, 14, 15, 16. So you'd have been there. You only been there for four seasons. He said, you had the same record as Gene Chizik after three years. And I was like, okay, I, I mean, I can kind of see where this is going. This is fine. And then the reporter goes, so why do you think you, uh, you weren't terminated like Gene Chizik was? And we all were just like, what? Everybody started just kind of looking around and Gus like asked him to repeat the question. I think, cause he was just, maybe he was so shell shocked, but I also think he was like trying to, you know, prepare an answer and he wanted more time. And so the guy asked him again, this, this, this verbatim said the same exact thing. And uh, Gus just like looked and turned to the moderator next to him. And the guy like shrugged his shoulders and Gus started laughing. Um, and then he gave some like he gave. I, I can't remember what his response exactly was. But it was, I remember at the time thinking like, all right, that was pretty good. All things considered, he was like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, coach speak, coach speak, coach speak. But he but he worked his way out of it pretty well, out of a pretty difficult um, question and honestly kind of a ridiculous question. And then he kept on laughing and he leaned into the mic again and he said, uh, that's a pretty interesting question you got right there. And everybody just for the rest of the day was like telling that story to to their other friends and like pointing that guy out. It's like, there's the guy that asked that question. So yeah, there's a lot of shaming that goes on. I was not taking part in it, but uh, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> definitely the, the most like 
harsh reaction I've seen from a coach so far. Gus's face just kind of like opened up and he was like, oh, <laughs> very interesting question you've got right there. So, yeah, hopefully we get a, hopefully we get some tidbits like that this week and uh, people acting a little crazy and doing some crazy things and players just kind of having some fun with it. That always that always makes for a good year. You've got some dull years and then you've got some fun years. Hopefully this one turns out to be a fun year because obviously we're all sad we didn't get it last year. But all right. Well, that is it. That is the end of the podcast. Pretty long one. Appreciate you guys uh, listening and tuning into this one. Uh, let me know if you guys enjoyed it. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. Please do so if you liked the show. That is what helps us out more than anything. Um, if you want to reach me, you go to my Twitter account and at by, or by Nathan King at gmail.com um, is where you can shoot me a message or you can direct message me on the message board. Do you have any suggestions or anything like that? Any thoughts on what you want to be in the next episode? Stuff like that. Definitely be on the lookout. We're going to have all kinds of coverage from media days this week. I'm really excited about it. Like I said, Philip will be there all four days. So he's going to have coverage of every team, their specific storylines and how they relate to Auburn. He's got some, I've already seen some of the ideas he's working on. It's going to be pretty good stuff. And then me, Mark and Jason will be there on Thursday to cover Brian Harson, Bo Nix and Owen Papo. So the intro and outro music is by beats by Mordecai. You can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud and Instagram. Thanks so much to him for providing that to us. And until the next episode, which will be at the end of the week, talking about what happened at media days. I will talk to you guys later. Everybody have a good week. 